This is the World Sportsbook Competition Podcast, brought to you by Avantage Entertainment. Hello and welcome to the WSBC Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Eldon. Today I'm joined by Sudden Perks. How are you doing, guys? Yeah, pretty good. good. Mate. It's good to be back yeah. again. Good Loads day. of football to talk about, as always. Lots of discussion points. Yeah, do. there really is. And and, uh, on and off the field. Yeah. Yep, and we're going to get into it all because obviously yeah. Sud alluded to a bit of cast there with the City decision, which we will talk about a little bit later in the show. But first, we're going to jump in with uh, the Crystal Palace United game from last night and obviously, you know, the ramifications for the top four race. Um, yeah, we're back talking about VAR, it seems. Uh, mm. Last two mm. weeks has been VAR heavy. but Every week this season could have been, to be very honest. That is true. Um, mm. So wh- which one do you want to start with? The the penalty or the uh, the offside? A, let's get a, probably the... I don't know what would you say the worst decision out of the way, which is probably the penalty. <laughs> um, yeah. Again, I just think it's one of them. Again, I, I, I don't quite understand why it hasn't been given. I, I, I don't understand why it hasn't been given. To me, it's a penalty. I don't understand. He clearly doesn't get the ball first. Mm-hmm. You watch it. And the whole... I know people say, oh, well, if you get a bit of the ball... and Yeah, but you're supposed to get the ball first. That's the rule. Like, there's no rule saying you can clatter through someone if you get 1% of the ball it's not a penalty no if you hit the man first with a decent amount of contact it's a penalty like, I don't this argument I heard from you even saw some pundits trying to defend it saying like oh but he gets a bit on the ball it's like yeah it's irrelevant he goes through the man to get the ball he goes through the man to get the yeah. ball and these are the decisions that cost teams I mean it's not going to cost Crystal Palace because they're safe pretty much but it might cost Leicester a place in the Champions League or Chelsea so True. And um, especially considering, I think it was around like two minutes, 20 seconds or something, mm. to be precise, they went up the other end and scored United. Yeah, it was very close. Mm. But it's it's funny how many times you actually see that, isn't it? Something's given or not given, and then within the blink of an eye, the other team scores or something comes of it. Again, for me, it, I feel like a broken record every week. I say the same thing. I don't like VAR. It doesn't work. Quite clearly, it doesn't work. I think even if you look at the one last night, a hundred times you can see a little bit of contact on the ball, but again, does it come in the right moment? It looks clumsy to me. Lindelof's panicking, Zaha's running at him, he's backed off, He's looks confused to me. He doesn't look like he knows what to do. He steps in, he gets too close, tangles together, and yeah, it looks like a clumsy penalty to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I <clears throat> That is one thing, yeah, we did talk a little bit off uh, before coming on that we both thought that Lindelof did look in panic mode, didn't he? He looked like he yeah. didn't look like a defender was in control of the situation. Zaha's chopped inside, and he's just clumsily put out a leg. And what? well, it was a pen. I think it was a pen. I mean, I can't believe people don't. If I'm honest, no, I don't understand how it was. Like, I don't know if he's even used for thinking when the punt. You know, even the commentary they put, it, they were making out like it was like, yeah, no, it's not. It's like it's a penalty. I don't understand how people are trying to make out that it's like even. You know, one of them like, oh, well, I've seen him. Like, I it didn't look contentious. <laughs> that that That's what I thought looking at it. When I saw it real time and then I watched the replays four or five times later, I, I didn't think there was a decision to be made there. It looked quite clear. But having said that, the fallout to this one, I don't think is as bad as the ones we've seen in recent weeks. This one does actually look like it's fairly subjective amongst people. And I'm not mm. saying it's a 50-50 split, but from what I've seen this morning on social media, people are quite happy that it, that it wasn't given as well as being outraged. So I think this one's a bit more down the line, but I, I don't know how it looked. It looked mm. obvious to me. Do you think um, Zaha's reputation preceded him maybe a little bit in people's I, minds? Yeah, I do. He goes I, down always, easily, I always think so. Yeah. Always. Not with always VAR, because like that. 
Yeah, but with VAR, I don't think so because you can view it in slow motion. It's not like one of them where it's like, oh, the ref- only the referee's making the decision in a blink of an eye. Oh, maybe he's a hard dive. Like, mm-hmm. I can understand that, but they're watching that. What? How many times did they watch it? 10 times, 15 times? They kept doing that playback yeah, and put it forward again. Yep. It, it shouldn't matter about the player then because you've got a clear slow-mo vision of exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. I'm with Luke. I, I think no. there's still a preconception against certain players when it comes to, to VAR or, or the on-field decision leading into the VAR, whichever way you want to view it. it. It's probably not the first time it's happened this season where they've had the conversation. I mean, we, we can't hear what they say to each other. It wouldn't shock me if, if one of the first things that's said is, well, it, it look at the player that it is. Can we take that into consideration? Something along those lines. Mm. It, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Well, you've I just heard don't about- see that. Well, we've heard refs in the past talk about um, preparation before a game and knowing what players are refereing in the game and, oh, he might yeah. go down. They've even said, oh, you know, he might look to go down a bit easily than more easily than others. So I, I, I guess I see both arguments with you guys there because in a sense, like, VAR really, like, that should be thrown out the window, you'd, you'd assume, wouldn't you? Because you're looking at it objectively, like, okay, is that a foul mm. or is it not? Um, it shouldn't really matter on the player when... His legs have been taken from underneath him, but, you know, apparently he did. Um, but, yeah, let's move on as well to the offside, because obviously Palace did have the ball in the back of the net through your favourite player, Sud, are you? Once again, <laughs> yeah, proving the... why he's uh, an underrated striker for me. Because uh, he's offside. <laughs> Just another thing. He's there at the right time. He's there in the right place. I, 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 you can laugh all you want as far as I'm concerned. I think he's underrated, so I'm not going to change my opinion on it. Well, quite clearly yeah hey yeah no you stay i'm just saying i'm just saying like don't be surprised that i'm not saying like i'm don't be surprised if he ends up at a slightly bigger club at some point i'm just just well, it out there well we'll watch this space but <laughs> however he was a millimeter offside <laughs> so mm. yeah let's get into that debate what what do we think of that i mean i mean it was so close well, it's just once again another decision that you have to look at another game and go what's the difference Let's let's look at the Bournemouth City game. Um, you know, there was an offside there that was very similar to this one mm-hmm. in terms of where the players were and stuff like that. And <clears throat> I, I, if you if you get if you you know if you um, I just think both should be goals. Basically, I, I just think you have to give a little bit of advantage to the attacker. Look, it's like his boot is literally what like literally like one millimeter or less. If even that, because I don't even think with these lines they can hundred percent. Because look how thick the lines are. The lines aren't thin. A lot of time they're not that thin the lines that they try and judge on yeah so there's a margin for error there and i think with margin error you should always go with the attacker mm-hmm. or whatever the original de- thing was so the original decision was a goal because it went in yeah and the ref gave it and there was no offside flag i don't think there was an offside flag no there I wasn't i don't believe and i don't think there was an offside flag oh no there was actually so there with the Bournemouth the city, city one, one there was yeah. an offside flag so maybe with that one you can be a bit more like mm, well actually the linesman's give it as offside so we're not sure but with the Palace one, that that was, everyone just thought, oh, I, you know, I just thought, oh, it's a goal of equalised. I didn't even the, think it was this, offside. This for me is just the next in a long line of of similar, well, I say similar, basically the same decision over and over again. We saw it in week one of the season with the Sterling goal away at West Ham that was was disallowed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. From then, we've had. I mean, I actually I looked through a, through a post earlier today, and there was at least ten that were identical, just the same thing, where the lines are in place and you can't tell. Mm. It, it may well be, it may not. Whether you buy into the frames not being accurate or the thickness of the lines, like Sid was saying, 
there's just too many times this season where you you come to a decision like this or they come to a decision like this and I watch it as a fan and I think am I happy with that am I content that that should be classified as offside uh, no mm. not not for me but uh, by the same token and, and the opposite side of the the coin if you like is that the the offside rule is quite clear in the sense that is it offside yes or no it's not about 99.9% of him was onside and, and that 0.1% was off. I mean, technically that's still offside. So I, I think the rule itself is what's causing these problems. If you'd like it to be amended to to allow a bit more freedom to the attackers to succeed, then then it's a different conversation. But as things stand, mm. whether you like it or not, it's probably correct. But mm. is the technology being used 100% accurate? Yeah. Exactly, and that, I don't that muddies the waters completely. Yeah, I don't think it is either because it's really hard to tell even with the technology. So, yeah, it's it's think... one that's been all season long for me. Mm-hmm. If it was the other way around, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be too conspiratorial, but if that was United scoring, do we think it would be given as a goal or not? Because I'm going to say it probably would have been given as a goal. Um... I just think it would. I just think, and it's not even just United. I think it's just the big teams, the top what six you want to call them. Mm. They just. You've got to admit, they seem to get these marginal decisions that the little clubs don't get. And I know that's like a a stereotype, I guess, that everyone peddles around. But I think it's true a lot of the time. I do, I do like you look at the penalty decision, you look at the offside decision. I could easily have seen if it was the other way around them both go in for the uh, bigger club. I can. And this uh, is the problem I mean, with VAR at the minute. And this is the problem with consistency. And this doesn't, this goes beyond VAR. This goes to this has been bias towards years. top clubs. Yeah, it goes towards the, the top club bias, doesn't really, it? Yeah. And especially, like, you know, we know at certain stadiums in the past, like, you just don't get decisions. Like, if you're a smaller club, it's, you know, simple mm. as that, isn't it? You remember in the Fergie days, I mean, hardly anyone got a penalty at Old Trafford <laughs> in the Fergie days. I mean, that was true. <laughs> United fans would probably argue and say, like, oh, you're wrong. Is it true? Yeah, it Away teams true. did not get penalties at Old Trafford. You saw it for a while at Anfield as well. I think even, like, in the past, Highbury was another ground where teams didn't really get decisions. So... You know, and I'm sure it's happened at the Etihad. I'm sure it's happened at Stamford Bridge, White Hart Lane, you know, the new Tottenham Stadium. So I just think it's one of them things that we need to, they need to try and get on top of it. I don't think they will, though, because I think there's, it's not just this league. You look at all the leagues across Europe, there's always top club bias. Hmm. Every league across. Well, Real Madrid's the one that sticks out the most to me. <laughs> yeah. And Barcelona, of course. Yeah. In the Champions League, especially. We know they've, had, they've definitely had a few dodgy decisions in the Champions League over the years. Mm. Well, mm. I think, you know, big club bias has existed for, well, as long mm. as we can remember. Um, yeah. Do I think that goal would have been given the other way round? I don't know. It's hard to say with how Never know, I guess. How much they use VAR to literally zoom in and be like, oh, they're a millimetre offside. I, I don't know. That's hard to say. But I mean, we have been on the end of um, a positive, well, positive for Liverpool anyway, when I, I brought up a few weeks ago on the podcast, the Wolves goal at Anfield. Yeah, I mean, he was oh, again millimeters offside. If that, you know, mm. so I guess maybe, maybe who knows? People in the comments will have to let us know if they agree. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm not sure on that one. I, I mean, and I watch the games obviously as a neutral. So for me, this season, I haven't really looked at it and thought the big teams are getting favoured with with VAR decisions. I've just I've been more frustrated by the fact that it seems like a coin flip mm. rather than a definitive answer to was it yes or no, or should it have been yes or no, whether you, whether it's a penalty, a red card, whatever the situation might be. I'm watching the replays and I'm thinking, who knows? 
what are they going to do? Is it, are you going to consider it right or wrong? It, it just looks like sometimes it's, whether it's instinctive or, or whether they just take too long and think, right, we need to make a decision here. What is it? Because, because it's gone on for too long. I, I've, I don't know. I don't like the way VAR has been used all season. And the more I see decisions like that, whether it's whether it's the small club versus the big club or the other way around, it it's it's just the the uncertainty for me where you might as well flip a coin. Sometimes it will be given, sometimes it won't. Sometimes the line will look like the players offside, and sometimes it won't. Again, like Sid talked about, I don't know how much of a conspirator or conspiracy theorist you wanna you wanna be, but that's how it appears, and and I don't like it. I think it needs work going into next season. Mm. Yeah, I think that's something we all agree on. It definitely does definitely. need work. Um, but yeah, so let's let's you know look at the game. United, you know, came out again with the uh, three points. They now join points again with Leicester, and also well, they currently sit in fifth though. But they are unbeaten in nineteen in all competitions. They're looking pretty good. Rio Ferdinand said yesterday that um, I think they were the only club uh, that could go through yeah. gears like this in the league. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous comments. <laughs> um, like, see, I, I don't, I, I don't. Wait, let's let's be real here. Perks is the only neutral in this when it comes to United because, as we know, you know you're a Liverpool fan. Mm-hmm. I'm a City fan. We obviously don't like United, so we're. I'd be interested to get Perks' point of view on them sort of comments because for me, I just think they're idiotic, biased comments that I just. This is one part of punditry that's a start that really I don't know if it grates you, but it really grates me sometimes. Luke, this sort of punditry. I mean, it comments really annoys me. Comments it's like such that. stupid comments. It's it's so ignorant. I think it's just, yeah, the comments are made like that. It's almost like Soccer Saturday punditry. We know how bad that is. You know, it's almost like Soccer Saturday punditry. I must admit, though, I can't complain too much because most of the pundits I see on TV are Liverpool, (laughs) ex-Liverpool players or something. So Yeah, I guess, but... No, but I think you, I think to be fair, mate. I think top, top uh, comments like that are quite topical, depending on what team's doing it and in what time. I remember two or three years ago when City were were up against it seemingly week after week, and then all of a sudden they find a way to to get the job done, and then they're they're smashing teams four or five nil in the coming weeks. Mm. I'm not saying it was Rio Ferdinand, but you you watch any pundit and you talk about how City were were stoic throughout the the difficulties and then they've gone through the gears and they've started to be mm. rampant again in the weeks to come liverpool last season in their pursuit of city were the same everyone was saying they just they, they, no one can compete with that level of whether it was aggression mentally physically or you know te- technically or tactically you just you kept hunting down city and it was right to the very end and no one could match Liverpool. No one could go through the gears like they could. And now it's United because they're on a good run. Yeah, yeah we, we had the same thing from Rio Ferdinand, actually, when they beat uh, PSG away in the Champions League, wasn't it? Uh, the classic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, ex- exactly. We, we all know that rant. It's, it's available for everyone to go and listen to if you've forgotten. And then a few weeks later, everything's derailed and it's off the cliff again. Whoever's doing well in whichever period of time, I think, has a pundit favour them in a, in a comment or a, or a sentence in which they get made to look silly in time. But that's... It doesn't bother me. I don't really buy into it too much. United look great. Don't get too carried away. That's pretty much my thought. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think to be fair though, I, I do think United have been really, they, they, they have on paper been the best. Well, yeah, it is on paper. They've been the best team since like lockdown. There's no doubt. I mean, they've, what yeah. is it? One, five, drawn two or something like that? Or one, four, yeah, drawn three? Drawn one twice, or the other. Yeah. yeah. One, five, drawn two, I think. Or one, yeah, four, Spurs drawn two, whatever it is. Southampton are the draws. Yeah. 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 So, you know, they have been on pay, you know, they're ahead of everyone else in terms of points. And I think they have done. And there's no doubt. I mean, the impact of Bruno Fernandes has been massive. Yeah. And huge. Really I mean, awesome. he looks, I don't know, 
it's very. I know people like say, "Oh, don't jump on the bandwagon too soon," but you look at his goals and assists so far, and you just think I, you can't see them drying up because he's just he's a great player. He just seems like a great player to me. He just seems like he's going to be a great Premier League player. I don't know. I just you get that sense with some players when they come in the league. Don't yeah. you? The one thing I really he, like he, about you know, him is his vision. Yeah, he's like really he, good. He, the amount of times he doesn't choose to play a safe you know, square pass mm. or something, and he looks to thread it through and pinpoint oh, yeah. a lot of the times especially it, in and around the area it does seem like he's he's gonna have like the impact that De Bruyne had on City doesn't it it seems you get that same sense that he could elevate himself to them levels I mean I don't think he's at De Bruyne's level yet but he's not like that far off you know what I mean he's, he's doing very well if he carries on the way he's going he's going to be talked about in the same breath as like De Bruyne I think yeah 100% um, if he carries I mean on there's, like United, there's some United fans saying he's already better than De Bruyne well that's classic though isn't it some United fans <laughs> would be wrong about that but, they, uh, they would be wrong he might be as good as him and like another, if he carries on like this for another year or two years then he'll be right up there with him because he's <clears> I think he's creatively he's a fantastic player I'm very surprised that other clubs weren't really in for him at the time because you look at it now and go, wow, I mean, how much are they getting for? 50 million. I mean, that looks a decent deal to me now. Yeah. I always wonder, though, yeah. if people are put off by the Portuguese league. Portuguese league, yeah. It's Just going to say risk. the same thing. You yeah. know they are. It's the same as the Dutch league. It, you mm. you get players with astronomical numbers and then they, they come to a team in England or, or whichever league and they get one goal all season. Mate, you they know create a single out. assist. The guy who stands out Alfonso from that. Alves. Alfonso Alves. Alfonso Alves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was it like Heravine? Scored like thirty plus goals and then went to yeah. uh, Middlesbrough. And- I think there was that season he scored. Happened. He scored more goals in games with like thirty-seven goals in like thirty-five games, and he was yeah, terrible. you're right. Yeah. It doesn't always over. go. For, it doesn't always go for the forwards though either. Look at someone like Mangala. It's yeah. oh, true. There are there are examples all player. across the pitch. But yeah. to be fair, before Fernando signed for United, they seem to be in crisis week in week out. And I think the biggest testament you can pay to him is that everyone thought United were a million miles away. One signing in a position that they really needed to make a sign in. And look at the difference he's made. Not mm-hmm. just to the team, but the players around him as well. Rashford seems to perform at a higher level. Martial's probably in his most consistent patch since signing for United right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, I'd agree. And you're just getting more out of players. It looks like Pogba can relax a little bit more because there's not too much pressure on him to to be the man. I'm not saying he doesn't think that still internally that he mm-hmm. has to be. You can see it with some of his tricks and flicks <laughs> at the wrong times. But now there is somebody else in that team with real quality that can take a little bit of the pressure off. And I think you can sometimes think you're a million miles off, but he's he's really proved that they actually weren't. And if they do kick on to next season, then you would expect them to be serious challengers. But they, obviously they probably do need to strengthen a few a few of the positions. I think United fans in general talk about maybe a solid left back because there's not so much faith in Shaw and there's a, there's a question mark over Brandon Williams. And for me, it's again. You could kind of see it last night. They they need a real centre back, mm, well, regardless of what you think about <laughs> well, Maguire. Yeah, they need a leader. They need to go and spend another seventy million on mm. the best in class that they can possibly get for that position. Yeah, I think um, you look at it last night. Even you know, a lot of people used to laud United for their squad depth, but for me, you look at their squad depth now, and it's actually not that great. I mean, they played a player last night that hadn't played all season, Timothy Foster Mensa. I know he's had a few injury problems and stuff like that, and that's probably the main reason. But it's like. That to, to have to throw some line that's not played a game all season, you know, shows that that was his. First and to start be fair to him, he did all right. United I thought he, since twenty seventeen, I thought he did all right. I think he did quite well actually. To be fair to him, you know, he I thought he you know considering he not played all season, I think it was a decent performance from him actually. Um, and he's you know maybe he's someone that they can use as a squad player next season, but I don't know. I just think they need more strength and depth for me. It's not even necessarily the first team. Like they do need to improve. Probably I'd say maybe another two for the first team, maybe three. 
another two or three in the first team, and they're probably right up there with everyone, with anyone else, to be honest, on paper. Mm. But their squad needs a lot of work. They need to get a lot of Deadwood out. There's yeah, by, by doing that though, by improving two or yeah. three in the first team, the ones that you're replacing, they become the they squad members squad and, players, and it yeah. filters down. So I think rather than look for, you know, trying to strengthen the squad with maybe like 10, 15 million maybes here or there, sign big, go go hard or go home basically. And I think, you know, the Sancho rumours will probably go on all summer long. It wouldn't shock me if they were linked with a left back or centre back, like I said before. And who knows, maybe even another central midfield player. But... <sighs> I think if they can even bring in one, if they can have anywhere near the impact of a Fernandez on the squad, then they're going to be they'll be serious next season. But it's about that consistency now for them, and well, we have had this before with Ollie. It hasn't always it hasn't always been full speed ahead. No, it hasn't, and um, I think a lot as well will depend on if they can reach Champions League or make the Champions League. Do we think that they're going to last two games, West Ham and obviously Leicester away, which will be a massive game. Um, do we um, do we think United are going to pip Leicester essentially? Because I I think we all agree that Chelsea are going to hang on to their spot. I'm not as I don't know about Chelsea. Like, I I think right now I'd say yes. I think it's going to be Chelsea United, but for some reason I've got I wouldn't be shocked if Chelsea slip up. They've got Wolves on the last day of the season. No, that's not an easy game in, uh, in the next fixture as yeah, well. Which so, you wouldn't be surprised if they got trashed in that. Would anyone be surprised if they didn't win it? I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't win any of them two games. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, but on the other hand, I could see them winning, getting four points, and four. If they got four points, oh, well, I think that that's enough, isn't it? That's yeah, going to be that, enough. That right, be, yeah, because obviously, because Leicester United are going to drop points one of them two. But right now, I still have a feeling. I don't know. I mean, Leicester. To be fair, they got a nice win, didn't they? Two 0 win. Um, it was important. They had to win that game. Easy. They had to win it. I mean, any other result, I don't know, would have been really struggling. But I just, they've got to go to Spurs. I could see Leicester losing at Spurs, to be honest with you. Um, or get, or only getting a point. And for me, Leicester, I think Leicester, they need to win both games. Or at least they need to win the next game and then not lose against United, yeah. which would maybe be enough depending they, on goal difference. They're going to miss Chilwell as well now for the last two games. Madison, Madison. as well, obviously. Yeah. He's, yeah. So... Right now, I think with the remaining fixtures, you could, you could even say United may be favourites for third still. I think they would probably be the most confident on the basis that of the, of the remaining fixtures. They play West Ham, don't they, next? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think, despite West Ham's little bit of a resurgence, or at mm-hmm. least a resurgent performance the other day against Norwich, I, I do think United will be confident of that. And they'll probably look at the Chelsea fixtures and the Leicester fixtures and think, well although they're not, they could well put themselves in the driving seat before the final showdown, if you like, against Leicester. So I think they'll be confident. If I had to go for it at this point, I'd probably say Chelsea and United. But like like you said, I'm I'm not sure Chelsea can, mm. can see it through against Liverpool. And Wolves can beat anybody on their day, depending on how much they've got to play for, really, on that, that final day. It looks like they're, well, they're too far away now from fourth anyway, aren't they? Yeah. So... Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to get Europa League football. I don't know if that helps Chelsea or not playing against a team that ultimately doesn't have too much to play for, but Chelsea United would be place, my... Uh, no, but... What I'm saying is Wolves will... I, it's not like Wolves are just going to roll over and go, right, we'll play no, the new team in the last game. They're going to play their full team. No, of course they will, but they play Palace next and you'd expect, again, you can be made a mug off with predictions, obviously, but you would expect that they will beat Palace at, at Molyneux we'll and go into the final day with not too much riding on it, but... Yeah, e- either way, I think it, we've actually got a real interesting scenario here, which is mainly in thanks to Leicester's capitulation over the second half of the season. 
What were they? Um, Fourteen all, points clear at some. At yeah, one that point. was the highest Massive margin they had. Yeah, yeah. they were ahead points. of. Uh, they were ahead of us at one point. I think it was November, yeah. December. They were. Yeah. A few points clear of us. Wow. Yeah, I would still back Chelsea for third, and I would I would say United will will get fourth. But honestly, any combination of of switch arounds will not surprise me, and I'm and I'm not 100 percent confident in my prediction. To be fair, I got a bad feeling that Leicester are going to lose both games. Mm. I got a real I, bad I do. feeling. That's my yeah. I do, or at least. Maybe draw one of them and lose. Yeah, I, 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 I want them to make Champions League as well. But yeah, I'd to like be it, fair, maybe. they are up against it. You mentioned Chilwell before, and obviously Madison too. But Ricardo's been out for months now, yeah, and yeah, when he's not playing, he's you notice a massive difference. Sionchu's banned. Morgan, to be fair, I thought played quite yeah, well last know. night coming in. But their their eleven now to me doesn't look great, mm. and I'm not saying they're not capable of getting results. We know the quality that they do still have on the pitch. But I think in terms of what you would expect to happen when you look at their injuries and suspensions, it doesn't doesn't tend to to favour them. And I think they would be the ones most nervous about missing out. Mm. I think I so. And I think um I think the final part I'd make on it is um, you know, I, I actually do think United are gonna finish third and Chelsea fourth. That's just the, the, the yeah. I, I just think that because I can see Chelsea slipping up at Liverpool. I I think it's gonna be tough to beat Liverpool at Anfield anyway. I mean, no one's done it for However long it is, so. I think it was Palace in 2017. I know yeah, Palace. I don't remember ago. the year, but Palace was a long last time team. ago. So they have to do something special to do that. I mean, and I could see them getting a point or losing that game, but then I could I could see them beating Wolves in the last game to sort of get fourth over Leicester because I I think United are going to beat Leicester on the last day. I just I just I don't know. I just get the sense United will really have the bit between their teeth, hmm. and it yeah, does feel like I Leicester would say so as well. Because you, it's more important for United than Leicester to finish in the top four. It just is because if Leicester, well, Leicester won't see it like that. No, but in terms of you, you know the perception around football. If United don't finish in the top four compared to like if Leicester don't finish top four, people still go that's a great season to finish fifth. I mean, it will be a great season to finish fifth. Now you can argue they've messed mm. it up from a winning position, but if you said at the start of the season Leicester going to finish fifth, I'd have said hmm, don't know about that. I can't yeah, but if I said to you, but halfway through they're going to be fourteen yeah. points clear in the yeah. Champions League yeah. spot. <laughs> well, they would the thing, not grab it? your yeah. hand off for that. That's for sure. But we all know with what United want to do with signing and stuff like that. They need Champions League football. Mm. I don't think they're getting Sancho if they've not got Champions League football. I mean, maybe I'll be proved wrong here, but I just think we all, I mean, we'll come on to it soon with the, you know, players in Champions League football, how important it is. I mean, it is, it's vital for a lot of players. They won't join clubs, I don't think. Especially the elite players. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I think it, I just have this sense that United as a club will be, Desperate to get in it, I I just think they'll do enough. I think they'll finish third in the end. I think I can see them winning both games and finishing third. Mm. Of the three in question, I think they're the most likely to win both games. Mm. I, I don't think there's much of an argument with that. I mean, not not to talk down West Ham's credentials, but no, I just, it's as close to a to a yeah. gimme as you can get without it being Norwich, Bournemouth, or Villa. I think so. Yeah, but I don't see them causing too many problems for them, which. They met in the next round of fixtures. United will probably be the only one that wins in all likelihood. Mm. So That's what I thought. It, yeah. they will have Big it in their hands going into the into the final day. Mm. Yeah, it'll be they'll be in their hands. It will, and we'll yeah, so. exactly. They win both. They're in. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, but I do want to touch on a bit of the relegation battle. You've uh, just mentioned Villa and Bournemouth, and 
Wow, that was a crushing blow for Villa, wasn't it? Mm, what was so it, like, close. Was it like yeah, 87th so... minute, Walcott equalised? Yeah, Walcott. And do you know what? Villa will kick themselves because Everton, again, were terrible yeah. in that game. Like they, were, they did nothing. That was the first shot on target in the game. <laughs> I think they only had four shots in total. In the game. I mean, Villa, God. Villa to be fair, only had one shot on target as well, but they had like 16 shots. So they were the team that were looking more likely to win the game. And they did, they did take it to Everton, to be fair to them, but... It's so. I I feel a bit sorry for Villa because that would have been such a. I think you know if Villa would have won that game, I actually think they'd have had a decent chance of staying up. Mm. I do because they would have been what one point behind. One point behind, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I know. Think West Ham and Watford obviously will talk about that. I guess as well they play, but even if they'd have both drawn, Villa two points behind with two games to go. I think they would have fancied it. I do. Mm. And I just do. Didn't want to do, do you it, fancy no. them against Arsenal next though? I mean, no, I, I, I don't. know it's our Villa, no, but. I don't, but I don't, but with that win, Perks, I do think there would have been a momentum. Oh, yeah, definitely. So at it, least would, maybe it would have even, spurred them on. Even a point against Arsenal might have been enough if they can win the last game of the season. So I, I just think that has probably relegated them, unfortunately. Not yeah, if, uh, to be honest, I, it felt like that I, I don't like to say it, them. but... And I think to stand at any chance now, they have to beat Arsenal at Villa Park. Simple well, yeah, I mean, the, I don't know if you know, but the final day of the season, they're, they're playing West Ham. So it could be literally a shootout to, to decide who stays up, pending other teams' yeah. results, obviously. But to, to be honest, uh, if you ask me over the course of the season, I think we, we made our predictions way before before lockdown even happened. I have Villa and Bournemouth to join Norwich and getting relegated. So that's looking pretty pretty good I at the we moment. Did, didn't we? I said Brighton. I so, thought Brighton yeah, so had Brighton. Oh, but, yeah, they proved me wrong. But either way, I. I haven't enjoyed watching them this season, and I'm not saying that because I'm a I'm a Coventry <laughs> fan. Oh, yeah. Are you sure? No, they, they haven't been great. To be fair, even when Grealish was was getting all the plaudits week in week out, I didn't think that much of their their performances. They haven't been they haven't been good enough over the course of the season. And I apply the exact same thing to Bournemouth. People like them; they're an enjoyable club to watch more often than not. But this season, they've been poor, and the quality has been lacking. They've thrown money at it, but they've thrown money at it. Again, people say they've done a Fulham, probably. They haven't brought in enough quality from from any aspect. And I just, I, I don't have sympathy for it. I, I don't like the way they've played. I, I, they're not interesting to me. I won't be sorry to see them go down. <laughs> <laughs> the Coventry fan there will not yeah. be sorry to see them get relegated. Well, shocker. Another club that uh, you might not be too worried about going down <laughs> is uh, Bournemouth. Obviously, they... They, I mean, I think they must have been a bit heartbroken after that game against against City because, they really well. in my, you know, in my opinion, they could have easily won the game. I mean, they, I think they deserved at least a point from that game, at least a point, even a win. They could have got a win. They, you know, that's the first um, good start for you. Here. The first time under Pep Guardiola that the teams had more shots. Oh, really? Uh, at the Etihad. Yeah. So that says it all to me. That says how determined and hungry they were. Yeah, I think too to be little, fair, too late, City, though, isn't it? It is, and I, I, they caught City on a good day in a way because it's like City were poor. I thought they were lethargic, you know, a lot of rotation. Some of the players didn't look at it. So they, it was a good ch- chance for them, and unfortunately, they didn't take it. I mean, even though I think they were very unlucky, they had that offside goal that, to me, probably should have been given. I, I just, I think you should always give the advantage to the attack. At first, it was like, oh, it's one miles offside. It looked way offside, but then you look watching again, it's like, wow, that's really good movement. <laughs> He's done well there. So I, I, I do think, though, that they haven't done enough all season. It is too little too late. Um, they've had a nice little spurt towards the end of the season, but 
It's not enough. Uh, I mean, the they, nice thoughts were they won one game, yeah, and, and it was a miracle. Schmeichel's yeah. mistake, so Anshu's mistake. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. even before those things happened, they were fizzling away in that Leicester game. They finally been fancy, caught, but, though, haven't they? Perks? Yeah. How many years yeah, are we right. told about their defensive issues that they've yeah. never really addressed? What's mm. the stat? Is it every for the last three or four seasons they've conceded sixty or more goals? I can't remember. It's three or that's, four. That's, how yeah, long they've been up? It's going to catch up on you simply because you look at what they've done. They've always been able to not outscore it, but you've had games where they are hitting threes and fours past teams mm-hmm. sporadically, but it is happening and they have done enough. But you look this season, Fraser basically non-existent and obviously hasn't even played a part since mm-hmm. since the return. He's been amazing for them. And then you get this season where the dip's there. Callum Wilson statistically hasn't had the worst season ever, but he's had massive, massive dry spells mm-hmm. where whereby if you if you have a good first 10 games of the season and then you fall off a cliff, it's not helping. Josh King hasn't been as consistent as he normally is. You've got the perfect storm there of negatives happening for you. All you, you're attacking players that you can rely on, it hasn't happened. Okay. Ibe's been a poor signing. I know that's not recently, but they've spent a lot of money on Ibe. They spent a lot of money on Solanke. As well. nothing's, nothing's come together for them in the way that you'd expect and like like we touched on really just then between the two of us Luke time has run out on them it just hasn't come off this season yeah and also another player David Brooks you can add to that as well I don't think any even he's not they've just not been the same have they as they were a couple of seasons ago all them players that we're talking about injury now. though didn't he yeah well yeah, Brooks he is did, fairly he, new know, to be fair he hasn't been there all that long no he's but... not been there as long as the others but I just think you know, and I don't know, like you said, he's had long-term injuries and stuff like that, but even a lot of the time he's, I guess that is because of his long-term injury, he's been on the bench a lot, he's not started tons of games, has mm-hmm. he? He has been on the bench more than he would usually if he wasn't, you know, out of injury. So they just haven't had the same impact, these players, that they did two or three years ago, and um, or even last season, to be yeah. honest. Um, so I, I just think time's come, and unfortunately for Bournemouth, I think they're going to lose a lot of these players to uh, Premier League clubs, because some of these players are Premier League quality, there's no doubt about that. You know, though, I think they need it. They're they're in a position now where if they do go down, look, Callum Wilson ain't going to play Championship football again. Mm. I think that's clear. Josh King won't. Josh King isn't. Brooks is Brooks is probably too good, but I'm not sure of his contract situation. Mm. Who knows? Maybe he would be there, but yeah, I think everyone knows as well. Nathan Ake would leave. He's been touted with going yeah, with going for a while. Mm. You'd probably fall back into a position in which the stalwarts remain. Steve Cook would still be there. Simon Francis would probably come back into the fold. Charlie Daniels if he gets back from injury. They basically start again with the core that that got them there in the first place, and then just bring in some fresh talent. Mm. I mean, they're they're well capable of coming back. And to be fair, they're not even down yet. We're talking about as if they are, yeah. but I do expect them to go down. But their fixtures are I'm just looking at it now. They've they've got Southampton next, which is which is at the Vitality, winnable. and they're away at Everton on the final day. Both winnable. It, they're not the worst fixtures in the world, but I, I don't. I, my trust in Bournemouth has just ran out, and. I don't see it happening. They might take they might take a point out of those games. Um, I just can't buy into them anymore. Yeah, it does feel like they're they're probably down, but we will see. I feel like the way it is at the moment is the way the season will finish. But um, you know, before we end the podcast, I do want to obviously touch on City's cast appeal. Uh, because they won it. They no longer have a European ban. They only had to pay. Well, I say only. They had to pay a ten million. Is it is it ten million pounds or euro? Ten million euros. Euro, euros. fine. Yeah. Um, for what? Not cooperating. It was for with not UEFA. cooperating with UEFA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, quite funny actually. Yeah, basically yeah. they ignored they them. It, 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 it's almost like a statement, isn't it? It's it's yeah. saying we'll pay the fine just out of 
damn principle yeah, to, to prove of, our point, I guess. Yeah, yeah. exactly that. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I think the first thing I'll say about it is I, I'm not going to lie. I was I was surprised. I I, I thought, I, although having looked back, I don't think I should be surprised because. I just had this horrible feeling it was going to be one of them that everyone gets a bit giddy, like, oh, they're not going to end. And it's like, oh, two-year ban. And it, obviously, <laughs> no, for me, it's good news, of course. But when you look back at the club since the ban has been in play, they were always confident, weren't they? Mm-hmm. They came out strong saying, like, we've got irrefutable evidence. We won't get done, basically. You know, this is a sort of stitch-up from a kangaroo court, you know, that famous saying everyone likes to use um, by UEFA and Cass would clear them. And you could tell, in a way, I should have known, really, because Pep's interviews the last couple of weeks, he's, He's always had a wry smile on his face, hasn't he? When everyone's asked about the, the caterpillar, as if uh, maybe he knew. <laughs> well, he's always said, to be fair, he's always yeah. said you won't get banned. Mm. Yeah. He trusts in, uh, in the club when they give him the information. Yeah. To be honest, from the day yeah. that I saw City's squad of lawyers rocking up to the courtrooms, <laughs> they look the like famous the famous meme. It, yeah, they look yeah. like the, the most formidable squad of lawyers you've yeah. ever seen in your life. And I, I think from that moment, I saw that and thought, they're getting away with this. Well, Even more so than I expected. I, I did think there'd well, be. Well, can a you say getting away with it now? Though that's a very controversial statement. A lot well, of people not saying, not getting away, proving it one way or the other. Yeah. I, I guess you know, proving themselves yeah. not guilty. But I think for me, it's it's just kind of expected. I, I thought there would be a suspended sentence hanging over mm-hmm. it to protect UEFA's to save face a little bit yeah. and, and mm-hmm. just say, look, we can suspend a sentence, and you know, a few years will go by and it'll it'll get dropped. But I mean, how embarrassing! How embarrassing for well, UEFA that it's been fully overturned. Yeah. FFP's done. Um, I just want, well, I think it's done think anyway. So. Yeah, I mean. That's a debate we could have, to be honest. Where's the credibility? The credibility's lost, surely. They've yeah, got we not think they'll power. just change it, though. Yeah, but then another club will just fight it and then probably win on appeal. And then it's just like, oh, well. Could they not just change it a bit, though, and just make it a bit more... I think maybe... they need to go back to the drawing board with it yeah, full stop. It so. can't be FFP in, in, in any way that it currently be in because too many teams challenge it. Too many teams... I, I know we've had a few examples of, of big European clubs being banned clubs, yeah. Yeah, in, mm. in the past, but to be fair, with, with what they hand out and what actually comes to fruition through appeals and, and casts and the likes, it's mockery, to be fair. Mm. <laughs> they, they can't get through their own their own regulations, for God's sake. I mean, it's, it, it's a laughing stock. So what did well, City get away, um, like, prove? I read somewhere that they, basically, that UEFA, there was, like, a five-year time frame time that this they a, didn't yeah, um, this is a, adhere to, a, essentially? UEFA? Well, the thing is, right, we're going to know more next week, hopefully, because they're going to reveal the full report next week. Right. And a lot of people are saying that'll prove how innocent City were, if you know what I mean. Like, have they got away with it on a technicality? Hmm. Because a lot of the stuff, maybe they did do it, but it's like, oh, sorry, you can't go back more than five years. So maybe a lot of the stuff there, same as early on in the in the ownership, if you know what I mean. By the way, if that is a technicality um, of the five years, do you realise how simple that would time, be man. for the lawyer, though, to just look up and be like, well, you're wasting our time here. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, you know, you, you, the, the five-year time frame you completely miss here the yeah. day, so you go, well, well, What's funny is, this is UEFA have stitched themselves up because it's their rule. Yeah, I know. <laughs> It's their yeah. own rule. So they've stitched themselves up. It's a very embarrassing for UEFA if that's true. But we don't... They said some stuff's time-barred and some stuff is just not proven. So it depends to me what percentage is proven and what... So say if 90% of it's just unproven stuff, then I think City come away with it, to be honest, in a very good... In, in, well, you know, in a decent light, to be honest, as in like, well, actually, a lot of it just wasn't proven. If it's like 90% time-barred, then it's like, mm, then a lot of people are still going to be like, mm, I know about this. You know, but also got away with it basically it doesn't really matter though does it you, you did. oh no I mean as a fan I'm, away, yeah. I don't care I mean you know um, 
we've got away, well, it's got away with it, you know, disproving whatever you want to call it. You know, we're in the Champions League and there's nothing these clubs that want to ban us can do now. I mean, we've heard about this hateful eight coming, haven't we? Quite a lot. Yeah. The hateful eight of clubs. Well, Pep had some interesting comments, didn't he? That was a very interesting interview. If you both listened to it, it was really, yeah, really interesting. Yeah. That's the most I've seen Pep, I guess, angry or animated. I've seen him in this time at City, I think. He was really uh, going in it. Especially because uh, obviously we, you, you obviously saw a Klopp's interview where <laughs> he was quite, uh, I don't know. Bad day for to be football. fair, he, well, he, he said, didn't he? He doesn't really understand it as well. So he was kind of being like, well, I'm giving an opinion, but I don't know the full details. So it's like, that suggests to me that he might have, maybe Liverpool have been in his ear saying like, well, we need to look. Mate, you know, there is like no surprise and... that the big clubs were taking opportunity to try and oh, bring yeah. City down a peg or two. And also... Yeah, why wouldn't you? you know? Yeah. And also... Um, Let's be honest, Liverpool, with the way the clubs mm. run, is the biggest, yeah. you know, proponent of FFP. Because the, the yeah, ownership, they, that's they how they technically it. run the club. Yeah. They're like, they try and adhere to that so they don't have to splash out as much. I mean, that's always funny, an though, argument you know. between the Liverpool fan base, is that, that they don't spend enough. So, there's well, no just, surprise I, that they backed it. On that point, though, just it'd be interesting, actually, because it's, I mean, it's kind of relevant, but it's a little bit off topic. But I just, I want to get your opinion on this, Luke. I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of Liverpool fans, even since this decision. Be turning more towards FSG now and saying, "Oh, we can't stand still. Like we're not happy with FSG." A lot of fans are saying, "Like apparently not happy with FSG," honestly, which mate, is very strange. Honestly, mate, being a Liverpool fan on on Liverpool mm-hmm. Twitter for the last, oh, I don't know, five <laughs> years maybe, FSG yeah. is so split. It's so split. It seems to be getting louder, though, doesn't it? The voice. To, 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 yeah, but Twitter, Twitter, yeah, uh, Twitter does skew yeah, things. It does that. skew but, things, but people but are unhappy yeah. that they don't spend enough money. Essentially, and unlike with the Timo Werner thing, Liverpool should have just bought him. Hmm? They should have just bought him. I mean, we announced profits last year, so come on. Yeah, I think we um, definitely could afford him. Is it going to get to the stage though? Like, all's obviously good at the minute. You've won the league. I mean, best team in the league. Won the league. Okay, you're not going to be European, but you are current European champions for now, and so you've won all these trophies. Current world champions as well, please. Yeah, is that, that's what I was going to say. So obviously everything's great at the minute, but do you think it's going to get to a stage where if you don't spend again this summer, mm. and maybe the team digresses a little bit? We don't know; they might not digress. But if they did a little bit, say like City did this season, say they dropped twenty points mm. last season, I th- is there going to start to be even louder voices saying like, mm, "Not sure about this FSG"? People now. definitely will complain first, but... because at the end of the day, yeah. um, in the last two seasons, Klopp has worked miracles. If oh, you yeah. look at well. who he's brought in over that time frame, last two seasons. Well, he brought the right players in as well. I think it's more to do with Klopp, obviously, is a great manager. We all know that. Um, the recruitment's been fantastic, hasn't it? You look at like Van Dijk, Allison, yeah, it was a lot of money, but at the end of the day, the recruit that they knew exactly what players were going to improve them and they just got it right. Mm. You know, they're both world class players. Um, and even some of the other players they brought in, like Oxley Chamberlain, yeah, some people say, oh, he's had a lot of injuries, but he's just been a good squad player, hasn't he? You know, mm. an in and out player. Naby Kate is the one for me that's not quite done it. Yeah, I think next season. Sure I think next season's his last chance. That's, to, that's his last chance to yeah. prove himself because he he has shown in glimpses his quality, but he, mm. he's been injured and then he's in and out the team. So you know it's hard for him to get a true run. But I think last year we stood still essentially because I think the only yeah. signing we made was Van der Berg. I mean, he doesn't count as a true <laughs> signing, does he? No. And then. Um, Obviously, this summer, I mean, there's rumours that Liverpool aren't going to spend really. So mm. another two years of standing still, essentially, uh, and not improving the first team. Bit worried. That is worrying. That is I think worrying. we all know, like, you know football's a very fickle game, and and everybody's waxed lyrical over the FSG model for some time now, and and Klopp and how he's managed it, and even the players themselves, how they've developed under the system. 
I think it doesn't take long for people mm. to change their mm. mind on that. I think if you did stand still and and regress and go backwards or or not even go backwards, but go backwards by virtue of standing still. Yeah. And you know, you have either the strengthening of Chelsea, you already have Ziyech and, and Werner. United will mm. make moves again, City will improve again. If everyone improves around you and they I'm not saying every club will overtake you, but if you don't win the league next season and you haven't you haven't made moves to win the league, I think very, very quickly the, the mm. minds of fans change there especially now on the back of FFP basically being challenged and blown out of the mm. water, there will be more of an argument against why did we allow that to happen? We worked so hard to get to the top. Why have we surrendered it so quickly? Yeah. So I think it's a very precarious position, but I, again, I guess you have faith in it until it until it's proven otherwise. And I don't think anybody's going to turn on it until it does. Well, Perks, like you've touched on, it is a very fickle game because before the start of this season and obviously not strengthened, like I've touched on, the fan base was oh, split again. Everyone's moaning. Oh, mm. City are going to run away with it. We, you know, we haven't strengthened. We're not even going to compete, yada, yada. And then we actually win the league. Yeah, win it by. But, you know... Then you could flip that easily for next year, couldn't you? Same thing happens, mm. but we don't win the league, and then you're like, yeah, oh, that, they're yeah. proved right. So, I don't know. We could yeah, it's just it. one of them. But what was so what just the overall last thing I want to say on this thing, then? What do we think overall now for how it's going to go with like transfers? With obviously, you'd assume now City are going to be a little bit freer, or they're going to feel a bit freer, be, not just because of the whole FFP, but because Champions they know they've got Champions League now. So, mm. some of the players that maybe they had met agreements with that. I'm just thinking maybe off the top of my head, like Koulibaly, for example, say there was an agreement in place. If we'd have got that ban, maybe Koulibaly goes, hmm, don't know now, do I want to join City now the two-year ban? Especially like, given his age. Like, yeah, exactly. But now he knows that, that you know he's going to be there in Champions League football. So do you think that, and not just City, do we, just the whole Premier League now, do we think there's going to be a, a bit of a, do we do we think clubs are going to be a little bit more risky now in the market? Because I, I get the sense that even clubs that were for FFP, like United, Chelsea, I think they're going to be a little bit more risky now in the market thinking, well, we can... Yeah, we can I, I think the far-reaching implications of this go go far and away beyond City and the Premier League. It goes for every major European club that has any kind of bankroll. You're going to feel confident now. That, that's as simple as that. You're going, you're going to feel confident in taking on UEFA, taking on FFP in its current form. Whereas previously, probably in their minds, they're looking at the City case and thinking, this is high profile. If this goes through and City are banned for two years, we've all got problems here. We, we, mm. We're fighting a losing battle. Now, it's completely the opposite and it's turned around where you'll get teams throwing money at things left, right and centre and basically saying, come on then, we'll, yeah. we'll prove you otherwise and we'll, we'll get away. We'll not get away with it, but we'll we'll do it within we'll challenge, a... Challenge, yeah. Yeah, we'll challenge and we'll, we'll compete within a legislation that we know we can, we can get away with it, I say loosely. Same. But yeah, I, I think City, any club in Europe will will be more free now to spend more money more often and, and basically just fight back against whatever's currently in place. Well, I think it's kind of like a halfway house though because I don't think you're going to suddenly start seeing, like for example, I don't think City are going to spend 500 million in the summer or something. Like, it's not no, something not like, like that. that. What I mean is if someone was, gonna spend a bit more than they was considering done. a 50 million signing and then thinking maybe that'll push us too close to the boundaries, they'll just do it now. They'll just do it, As yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I I don't even. I think City. I think City are going to be less because last summer we we know that they they weren't willing to spend the money on Maguire. They let United get him. They wouldn't overpay. They had they haggled over players in the past. Like you know, um, you know, we look at the Sanchez wages and stuff like they weren't willing to do that. So yeah, yeah. I just think, the bullet there, mate. Though. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad. That, I'm glad they did decide to do that. But there's a rumor that there was a rumor that they're going to be a little bit more like, all right, yeah, we'll pay, you know we'll pay the asking price rather than mm. now nah, we, we want a few quid off sort of thing. Um, 
and I think there's going to be a lot of clubs like that. I think United as well are probably, I mean, United to be fair have, have spent what they need to in, in, in yeah. last summer and they probably will again. Even che- I can see Chelsea spending more because we know they didn't spend anything last year. So they've got a bit more surplus cash. Yeah. Well, they've um, made a start there, haven't they? And I, I do think, I'd, you might disagree with this, Luke. I, I, Liverpool's first team doesn't really need much work, but I do think you should sign. I, I think you should at least get one big name in or someone, just someone to shake it up a bit, someone to challenge, you know, someone to I think, uh, challenge Thiago. a player for the first team place. Yeah, Thiago, I think that'd be a good after sign. the rumours have come out, I mean, yeah, I'm all for that. Signing that. Perfect sign. And he wouldn't be that expensive anyway, really. How much are you getting in for? Like 30 million, maybe? 35 million euros, I think, is the quoted yeah. price. Even someone like that, people might go, oh, that's not ambitious enough. You want uh, an Mbappe or someone. Uh, yeah, but know, let's not be going ridiculous. A bit far. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be far. <laughs> but, you know, I think someone like Thiago, he, he might not play every game, but he will definitely play games and nudge some players out at times. And if he plays well, he might even get a first-team spot, you know, permanently. So I just think that's a good a good move for me, someone yeah. like that. Yeah, I do think that we'll that it, would be a great signing for Liverpool. And it is something that we'll have to watch and see what happens mm-hmm. now, you know, after the Cass appeal and you know what uh, happens to ffp going forward but that does bring the end to the podcast so thanks for listening as ever and if you are listening to us on youtube please like subscribe and comment with your thoughts on the topics we've covered today if you're listening to us on any audio platforms please leave us a nice review and also pass on the pod you can follow the world sportsbook competition on social media on facebook twitter and instagram at world sportsbook competition and links in description below but anyway thanks for joining me as ever guys and we'll be back next week to discuss some more football news bye guys See you guys. Bye-bye. This is the World Sportsbook Competition Podcast brought to you by Avantage Entertainment.